Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out. Living letters of the word. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. When my daughter was around a year and a half old, a day arrived sometime around midsummer. When I was at home and Ellen was at work, and I had an idea. I decided at 18 months, it was high time to sit my firstborn down and read to her a selection of consequential texts from American history. Brilliant and engaging toddler parenting, I know. For this history major, this was a long-anticipated moment. I knew it was going to be wonderful. And as my eyes welled and my voice shook as I imparted the wisdom of our forebears on my progeny. Now I wish, I wish I could tell you that my one and a half year old sat in rapt attention as I shared portions of the Gettysburg Address and Alex de Tocqueville Democracy in America. But she giggled about half the time. And the other time, other half of the time, she may have been channeling those people in the synagogue in today's gospel reading when they said, where did this man get all of this? And then she stood up and took my hand and led me to the back door and informed me that she would really rather go outside and play. But one selection she actually did enjoy, and most likely because I did not read it, but we watched it together on the television. Schoolhouse Rock's preamble to the Constitution. (laughs) And as she heard those hallowed words for the first time, they struck me anew. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, Establish justice, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. And perhaps it was the for our posterity phrase that struck me at first as I held my very own posterity in my lap. But later... And once again this week, I further considered this preamble. The writers and ratifiers of the Constitution were frontiersmen and rebels and individualists, and they were not prone, as evidenced by their very actions in 1776, to submit to any authority other than their very own. And while they were brilliant intellectuals and gifted leaders, these were men who were confident in their own opinion, their own place in society, and their own way of doing things. But when they ratified this Constitution on September 17, 1787, regardless of their predilections or background or baggage, they chose on that day not to sanctify the individual. Instead of inaugurating a land where folks only looked out for themselves and their own self-interest, our forefathers said, we, we the people, 
in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure tranquility, promote welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty. These are not the words of one man or a group of individuals consenting to a necessary evil, but the words of a new community, a new nation, and a new people being born out of the ashes of tyranny. Not I, the American, but we, the people. And we can witness these community ideals and ambitions not only in our own national history, but also in today's gospel. In the sixth chapter of Mark, we encounter a very busy Jesus. Just last week, he cured Jairus' daughter and the hemorrhaging woman, which I'm sure you all remember. And before that, he calmed the storm and cast out demons and told many parables. And the crowds are gathering and the word is spreading and a lot of excitement and anticipations and expectations are being put on this Jesus. And the apostles are wondering, what will Jesus do next? Is he going to topple a government? Is he going to move a mountain? Is he going to strike down one of those know-it-all Pharisees or maybe even one of those Romans? Who knows what he is going to do? Well, first, he goes home. He teaches in the synagogue, but the locals, his family and friends, all who witnessed him growing up, cannot see him as a prophet, let alone a Messiah, and they shrug him off. And the scripture says he could do no deed of power there except lay his hands on a few sick people and cure them. Now I would bet those sick people who he cured might take issue with the phrase he could do no deed or power of power there, but that's another sermon for another day. Then Jesus takes his apostles and sends them out two by two. He orders them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, no wallet, no watch, no cell phone, no iPad. How did they survive? Until this point, the apostles probably assumed that Jesus was going to be the sole engine of this movement, the focus of all of their energy. And since Jesus is, you know, the son of God and all, he probably could have done that. He could have been the only person to spread his love and his word across the whole of the planet. But instead of carrying all of the water, Jesus shares the burden of leadership. Jesus shares the task of ministry with the apostles and vicariously with us. We are called to go out in the name of Christ. We are called to set the world on fire with his love and cast out demons and heal the sick and pity the afflicted and challenge the comfortable. And we do this together, a community, and a we that's not meant to go it alone, but instead to go out with friends and family. The work of Christ is not done in a vacuum or by an individual, but we, the people, a circle of friends that are also 
the saints of God. Our forebears of this, in this great land, knew these truths only too well. They wanted this great experiment, these United States, to be like those groups of disciples. Lean, effective, powerful, and ultimately dependent on one another. Then and only then, with a community striving for a common purpose, could dreams be realized and a new nation come into being. On this Independence Day weekend, in the words of the collect for the day, may we be devoted to God with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. May we approach the work that God has given us to do together, united and in the sight of God. And may our nation and all nations, and most importantly, Christ's church, be of one heart and of one mind for the sake of our posterity. Amen.